Welcome to Everything Co-op, bringing you information on how cooperatives can help improve your quality of life. This show is being sponsored by the National Co-op Bank, NCB. The NCB is dedicated to strengthening communities nationwide for the delivery of banking and financial services for the nation's cooperatives, their members, and other socially responsible organizations. For more information on the power of community ownership, visit ncb.coop. That's ncb.coop. Now stay tuned for your host, Vernon Oaks. This is Vernon Oaks. Welcome to Everything Cooperative this beautiful Thursday morning. And this morning we have Mr. Rod Kelsey, who's Executive Director of Mid-American Cooperative Council. Good morning, Rod. Good morning. And how are you today? Well, I'm fine. I'm actually in Lapeer, Michigan, and uh, it's a gorgeous day here. Uh, the sun's shining and the grass is green and the birds are chirping. So it's a beautiful day to be a part, uh, to be alive, a citizen of America and working with cooperatives. Well, it's the same thing here in the D.C. area that you just described. It's great to be alive and and talking about co-ops. I get to talk about my favorite subject with you. My uh, my association is essentially a, a council. It's an association of roughly 100 co-ops, and we have a variety of co-ops that are uh, members of our council, all the way from very small communication co-ops, a few small worker co-ops, uh, uh, um, some of our very small grain marketing co-ops where farmers come together to market their grain, all the way up to uh, pretty large co-ops that uh, manufacture sugar or uh, co-ops that uh, produce chickens and uh, milk, large milk marketing co-ops like Dairy Farmers of America or Michigan Milk Producers Association. So it sounds like you've got all types. There's worker co-ops, uh, consumer co-ops, purchasing co-ops, marketing co-ops. From what you just said, it sounds like you have all of them. So what do you, your council do for these groups? The, 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 the council was put together by visionary leaders who saw that employees or people who are starting co-ops kind of wanted to pigeonhole their co-op into a into a specific niche to kind of serve their specific needs. But unfortunately, as markets change, as business environments change, um, those needs and niches and demands um, adjust and change. Because there's, uh, I, I've rarely ever seen a co-op that came together because somebody says, hey, let's make some money and form a co-op. Uh, generally, co-ops are originally formed because there's something broken in the marketplace or a service need that's not met or a price discovery that's just kind of out of whack. And uh, so um, individuals come together at a, at a small level to try to put that together. Now, that's the classic kind of traditional way that co-ops begin. But there's also a group that I work with called uh, Laundry Cooperatives. So you have uh, very large healthcare institutions when they move from one campus to another campus to build a brand new system and a brand new campus. Uh, Fifty years ago, they decided to leave their laundries back at their old facilities and come together and share in those laundry facilities so that they can have their laundry done at cost. Okay. Um, my primary role is to help explain to the employees of those co-ops that every time they work with a customer, that they're actually working with an owner who has a voice that can explain what their personal needs are and what they want from their co-op, who could be an elected director that has a fiduciary responsibility for that co-op, 
And uh, as an employee, they're an individual ambassador for their co-op. And uh, they need to understand that their co-op works really well for them. But there are lots of different kinds of structures of co-ops out there. And really, if you can imagine a business model or, I mean, a, uh, an industry or a sector, there's likely a co-op that's working in it and employees that are successful. The other part that I work with is helping uh, boards of directors, elected boards of directors, really understand their roles, their fiduciary duties. And then I do have a board chairman program because there are very few programs that actually teach a board chairman how to be a board chairman of a cooperative. Okay, I need that class. I'll take that class. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the the pieces that we found is that – um, it's very common um, for directors of co-ops to kind of uh, view the view the, the co-op's goals, the, the co-op help manage the co-op or direct the co-op's vision kind of from their front porch. And uh, those that are really good directors walk to a lot of other people's front porch and uh, visit with them about what their unique needs are. Uh, but again, since co-ops are made up of sometimes a dozen, sometimes hundreds, sometimes thousands of members, every one of those members has a unique need that the co-op serves or has for that member. The reason that they're a member of the co-op, the values that they're getting from it. So as a director, it's very important that, that you identify and try to understand what all those needs are because some members have very large needs because they're running very large businesses or have uh, big families or big institutions like these laundry co-ops. Others are fairly small. So it's nice to understand that uh, uh, as a director, you can meet all of their needs, their needs so that when you uh, uh, are sitting in that boardroom and make decisions that affect the long-term uh, health of the co-op, um, you have a perspective of all of the members' needs. Okay, so you get all of their needs. Do you work a lot with the values and principles of co-ops? Certainly. Many of the co-ops, the boards of directors, identify what their core values are. And uh, what we found um, is that the successful co-ops all have as a core value to remain sustainable, uh, to remain viable. And in order to do that, they have to... Uh, they have to be financially successful, so they have to they have to make a profit, and uh, they've they've got to monitor that profit. Um, if it if it becomes where they've got excess money in the coffers, then they can revolve that patronage back uh, to their members or revolve the cash back to the members via uh, the, the term patronage. So uh, that's uh, that's an important piece, but. I would encourage every director that sits with a co-op to also know what's the financial underpinning of that co-op. How does every member have an equity stake or an equity investment? And those are things that are important for the employees to know, too, because members want to know where their money is. If they've invested in the co-op, whether it's $25, $100, I have members here in Michigan who uh, have uh, over a million dollars invested in their co-op. Uh, they want to know what's that doing because I'm, the only return I'm getting from that money is my uh, ability to actually work with and use the co-op. So you're really talking about the member economic participation, which is the third principle. You have to pay something in. That's that $10, $100, or $1 million. And you can get something back out when and if there's a profit or surpluses. 
Exactly. And uh, it's important. And that's probably what I would, of the seven co-op principles, Vernon, that's probably the one that's least understood because uh, people sometimes forget about that investment, forget that that is the core foundational equity of your co-op, and also forget that when they leave the co-op, they, in some cases, they get their money back, but in most cases, it's back, they get it back when the board of directors decides they can get it back because you don't want to risk the financial health of the co-op by uh, by destabilizing it with a uh, with uh, pulling money or equity out that's uh, that's not there. The other principle that we work with is principle number five: education, information, and training. And well, that, um, we, excuse, that we, principle is one of the ones. Well, the ones that caused me to love co-ops is that principle and then the first one, and that is volunteer and open membership. It doesn't make any difference who you are, what you look like, or what you believe in, or what your faith is. You can be a member, but then this training and information. So, yeah, that's it. Okay. So our council is really uh, predicated on the last three, uh, the Principle number five, education, information, training. Number six, cooperation among cooperatives, uh, because there, there's a lot more cooperation out there than you might think on the surface, because most of the co-ops oftentimes get their funding or financial, informa- uh, financial debt served by another co-op. Um, here in the farm credit system in the Midwest, it's, it's very popular. And then uh, the, uh, the credit unions have, uh, can do some uh, loans, uh, with their members and uh, with other institutions. And then there are CUSOs where, lo- where credit unions can work with other credit unions and participate business loans uh, with other credit unions that they couldn't necessarily do by themselves. So um, there's a lot of cooperation among cooperatives that goes on out there. Insurance co-ops, a lot of the insurance out there from life insurance, health insurance, casual property and casualty insurance, uh, all collectively done through cooperatives. Um, the last one, um, you know, concern for community is one we also work with because uh, they're not investor-owned businesses that uh, have investors from outside the state, outside, sometimes outside the country. Uh, every member of the co-op is actually a member of the community that serves that a very important part of the principle. It's a very important thing to teach the employees of every co-op uh, the importance of staying local, being local, serving local needs. So we've covered one, volunteer and open membership. We covered three, member economic participation, and five, six, and seven. The only two we haven't talked about is democratic member control, and that's real, a good part of it, one member, one vote. Yep. And autonomy and independence. Autonomy and independence. Beg your pardon? I, autonomy and independence. And actually, in a couple of days, I'm doing a seminar for high school students on autonomy and independence. And uh, that's a good news, bad news situation. The good news is you're free. You know, you're you're open. You're you're not serving or beholding to anybody. You can serve your member needs based on what the board of directors want you to do. You're free. You're responsible. You're accountable. <laughs> you have. You've got to make sure all your reports are filed. That you're doing things in a proper way. That if you have a an employee that that missteps that uh, and uh, somebody points it out, you have to be accountable for that. So. There's a, it's, a, it's an important point that's, that uh, you're not directed by another business, um, that you are self-governed. And those are very proud things for cooperative members to be a part of. And uh, our ag supply co-ops, our milk marketing co-ops, our uh, 
housing and food co-ops that I work with. Uh, we're very, very proud of that particular piece. And then, uh, let's see, the, I guess it was the fourth one that I missed. No, no autonomy and independence. We got them all. Okay, we got them. We got them. We got all seven of them. And so Mid-American Cooperative Council have about 100 co-ops, and they range a whole lot of them. And it sounds like you do a lot of training. Well, and, and quite frankly, we specialize. I, I've got a master's in finance, so I spend a lot in that third area about equity and investment. And uh, I would challenge uh, a lot of the co-ops, if you're listening to this program as a board of directors, to go back and take a look at that, uh, that equity structure. Members by themselves do that as kind of a sunk cost um, that uh, you know, they're used to paying $25 to Sam's Club or $50 to uh, Costco for a, for a membership every year. And I would make sure that your, your members understand that this is not a dues so or this is not a membership piece, that this is actually something that, uh, that forms the underlying economic base of their cooperative and take a look and, and go back and say, where's our vision over the next 5, 10, 15 years? And is that base and that member equity level where we want it to be? Or do we need to uh, we need to have greater economic participation? Do we need greater investment or do we need less investment? Uh, but, but don't just assume that the way it was last year is the way it needs to be in the future. Okay. So it won't, what, is the way, what it was like last year may not be the way it is in the future. Got it. We have a, a minute or so before we take our first break. So I just want to, we've talked about the seven principles, but I'm very much interested when we come back to talk about morals and moral values. It seems like, uh, are you an anthropologist at all? No, I'm not, but I did visit with Pat about a, uh, a study that I read that I will refer when we get back about uh, the seven moral values of societies across the world. And uh, we'll, we'll cover that when we, when we get back. Okay. Now, I gotta, there's some wind that blows. I don't know what's going on over there, but sometimes I can't hear you because of that. It sounds like wind. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll work on that. I'll try to get to a place out of the wind. <laughs> okay. So I just want to recap here real quick. You started a company called Mid-American Cooperative Council. How many employees? I'm the only full-time employee, and there is one part-time employee. Okay. And you work with cooperatives. you got about 100 different co-ops, and you do a lot of training. This is what I've got so far, and we're going to come back and talk. We talked about the principles. We're going to come back and talk about the more values. We'll be right back, everybody. Please don't touch that dial. We have Rod Kelsey on the phone with us from up in Michigan. It says, a great day there, it's a great day here. And National Co-op Bank sponsors this program, uh, whose mission is to provide financial services for cooperatives and their members, particularly in low-income communities, which I always find very, very interesting how they're able to do that, where most banks cannot. So, Rod, we promised that we would talk about moral values, and I'd thought you were anthropologists with some of this thing, so talk, let's talk about moral values and what you were 
telling Pat and I a little bit about. Well, let me let me back up just a tiny bit here to uh, kind of take a, a a little bit of an approach so that uh, as we spring it on your audience, I kind of understand where I'm coming from here. So we've talked a lot about, and your show is a lot about everything co-ops. So the uh, when I look at co-ops, I really see two kind of core structures, metrics that need to be there to measure success of your co-op. Um, in co-ops, every co-op is a business. So there needs to be some kind of financial metric. There needs to be an accountability metric. Um, you know, you've got to make sure you're meeting the laws of your state or your or your region, and uh, you're doing things above board and well. Um, the CEOs of all these co-ops have duties and responsibilities of making sure that they're successful, and boards of directors do hold CEOs accountable. Um, there's more than one CEO of a co-op that's been let go because they weren't successful. But but the second part of the equation is the association part of a co-op, the human side, the social side, the, the people connectivity side. When co-ops first come together because of a challenge or a need, they come together first as an association or a group of people. And um, those co-ops, as they come together, um, sometimes lose their way from a social measuring metric side. They tend, as the co-ops get older in season 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, they tend to blend in with the, with the business structure of a lot of their industry. And they, they sometimes forget about the, uh, the social, the, the communication side of the co-op. And so I ran across an article earlier this year by an anthropologist, uh, Dr. Oliver Curry from Oxford University, and it's on the seven moral values found around the world. And uh, those seven moral values are very common, um, and you'll recognize them individually about important uh, things to keep a society together. But what's unique about these seven moral values um, are that there's no particular race, there's no particular religion, culture, there's no particular size of the business world. They're just this is a compilation from an anthropology as we as humans how we associate with each other and those things that help us better. Um, let me go kind of through the seven rules rather quickly. Let me ask you First, to make sure I understand. So anthropologists, they study society, they study uh, cultures and how people have behaved. Is that what an anthropologist does? Well, those are a bit more of a sociologist. Anthropologists essentially do sociology over time. So it's more about who we've come from, our ancestral um, heritage. Um, so anthropologists want to know more about how the first people that began living in this world, how did they survive? You know, how, how did how did we evolve? So that's anthropology. And then what was the civilization like? What was the society like, the structure like that allowed for us as humans to to survive, to thrive, to grow? Okay. So Dr. Oliver Curry, Curry. So in his book, they talk about these seven moral values from all of these different cultures had these same Correct. seven moral values here, more or less. Okay, and what are they? You can Google it and then look it up. In fact, I would encourage you to do that. So the first one is to help your family. A family is a very tiny microcosm of the community. So helping your family is one of the key ones. Second one is help your group. So whatever that larger association group you're with, you know, help them because you help them, they'll help you. It's a 
uh, symbiotic relationship. The third one is return favors. So if you notice the first three are helping, returning favors, doing good things to the groups that you're working with. The fourth one is be brave. So in, uh, in, and we know in, in life, uh, there are many times we just have to be brave. We can't turn and run. We've got to, uh, we've got to stand up and uh, be accountable and, and say our piece. Uh, the fifth one is uh, to defer to superiors. Um, we can say we can learn from superiors or learn from teachers, but um, if there's a superior that uh, that's there, that uh, as a society, you know, if that's their role and they're the one, they're the decision makers, we have to go along with that and, and find ways of. We can certainly try to influence the superior, but if that's their role and their responsibility, then it's appropriate. The sixth one is provide resources fairly. So, however, there are resources out there. If I'm the biggest and the strongest, those who aren't as strong or as weak or have as much. And the seventh one is respect others' property. So the reason that I'm talking about these seven moral values is really in light of how we build a set of metrics around our cooperatives that align with what our our association needs are or our human social needs are as a cooperative. So we have we have needs when we when the co-op functions well and we work with other people and they connect well and they're working well, then we get more endorphins because things have done well. You know, each of you know when you go come home at night and you've had a good day, things have things have just clicked. You know, you, you, the deal came through, or you were able to uh, to meet your quota or your goal for the day. You know, you feel good about yourself. And if you had to work with other people, then they feel good about themselves, and you do too. But if we have a tough day, then we can lean on the, the, of those other neighbors and friends because they're part of our community and and they help us get us through the tough times. So, I'm suggesting that. Some of these national or international seven moral values, like how do we help our community through our cooperatives? How do we return favors? How are we brave when, when our cooperative has a philosophy or a spirit that sometimes goes in the face of something that, that the local leaders want to do? Um, how do we divide resources fairly or respect other people's property? And, and I'm suggesting that uh, perhaps there are some metrics, lots we can put together to help us on that side of the equation measure things more clearly. So I'm just looking at these seven. I wrote them down as you were saying them, and thank you for bringing this to our attention. And then the, my it's looking at how the cooperatives function with these seven principles and how the capitalist ownership companies work with these seven principles. And the, <laughs> yeah, there would be a little difference there, Bernie. <laughs> you you know, I... I <laughs> As a co-op, right, as a co-op, we're here to serve each other's needs, you know, just as in society or maybe church or faith, faith-based organizations are there to serve those who are challenged and have additional uh, challenges to make it hard for them to serve their own needs. Uh, in a capitalist society, we don't really care about that because it's really all about maximizing shareholder wealth. And what I'm trying to say is that the point that I'd like to leave for the audience is that as a co-op, we have two heads we have to serve. You know, it's important to serve this human values, these seven principles, this social side. But if we don't take care of the business side or the economic side, then we won't have a co-op around at all, you know, because uh, we have to be self-sustaining um, in, our own, in our own world. 
So it reminds me of a quote, and I don't have it exactly down, but Keynes, the British economist, he may have been around Oxford too, but he said that yep. in a capitalist society, how do you expect the, the most wicked people, the capitalists, are, that do the most wicked things end up doing good things for the masses? Okay, so it's like, how do you really expect it to triple down? It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. This dividing resources fairly isn't isn't what the capitalist structure is all about at all. That just doesn't work in the capitalist structure. Well, then one of my favorite co-ops to talk about is the Sherpa co-op in Nepal. Can you do it in two minutes? Because we this is, we only have two more minutes left. Okay. okay. So the Sherpa co-op in Nepal. Uh, hikers would want to come over and hike to the top of Mount Everest. And, of course, they were on a budget, and they didn't want to pay any more than they absolutely had to, so they would kind of pit one Sherpa against the other Sherpa to see if they could get, get a cheaper rate to have help to get to the top of Mount Everest. And so after a while, the, the, the Sherpas decided, let's just form a co-op, and if you want to hire us, you have to deal, you have to do the, the, the corporate rate or the co-op rate Mm-hmm. And the co-op rate is one that we're all we're all going to abide by, and, that, and we will share that equally. Yep. So in the last minute, Rod, what would you like to leave people with? Well, I think the important thing about co-ops, first of all, is recognize that they serve the needs of their members, and they do that uniquely. Um, and all the members' needs and all the co-ops are different. So be careful when you try to pigeonhole who a co-op is or what a co-op is into a specific um, area or mindset, uh, that there are lots of needs and lots of services out there. The second piece that I'd like to leave is that co-ops are a business. You have to be profitable. You have to be successful financially. In addition to, they're also a social organization where a group of people come together and serve their needs. And these seven moral values give us an idea or a guideline and how to build a metric system to support that. Thank you, sir. We've got to go, Rod. Thank you very much. And everybody out there, please have a wonderful cooperative week. Thank you.